Here's a message from Ken Lavica. No, Evan, I have very little job security. Also, Ryan Tannehill, his job security, it's evident it's pretty low as well. Stone the Banowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 106.3. I mean, let's be clear about this. I'm probably one more confrontation with an ESPN teammate away from losing this entire thing, okay? All right, so... so Evan, Evan's saying, yeah, Ken maybe doesn't have as much job security as he was leading on. Evan's right. After yesterday, we're probably hanging by a thread. All right. Ken Levick alive Wednesday here on ESPN 106.3. Why is it uh, one of our favorite days? Well, that's because Jeanette Javier rolls through, and she is fresh off of a little vacay. Went to the Mile High City, to Denver, and she returns to grace us with her presence. So would you say would you say I'm a mentor to you, Jeanette? A very small one, not high on the totem pole. <laughs> like but... literally and and figuratively? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably more of like a life advice giver, which to people that may know me is a shocking development. You're decent at yeah, that. Not great. No, but I know I don't follow any of my advice, but I can advise if that makes sense. Yes, but what I like about your advice too, if I'm thinking of something devious and I present it to oh. you, you'll be like, "Yeah, do that bad thing." <laughs> yeah, that's actually okay. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 me as a mentor, I'm lacking. Uh, me as a a life advice giver, lacking. Me as a host, lacking. Other than that, we're splendid right thriving. now. Thriving. Thriving. We're living life. Our best life. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He runs this thing until 2 o'clock. Uh, speaking of uh, of being a mentor, I just feel like everybody is, is my baby. I bring them into my radio bosom, and I don't know what I do once they're there, but I try to, to, to caress them in a non-threatening manner. I try to make sure I'm guiding them through their career. None of this is really helping my argument that I can be a radio mentor, but just trust me, uh, the visuals I'm trying to present are a lot less creepy than what actually happens. Are they, though? They're, they're not. I'm not. Nestled in his bosom. Yeah, he, my, he my, just said. my radio bosom. Right, right. It I'm is, like uh, standing awkwardly outside, yeah, debating yeah. if I'm stepping yeah, inside Jean- or not. Jeanette's like, I don't want to be part of the bosom party, but you can talk to me. That's fine. <laughs> but Stone knows my radio bosom, because I'm getting that Jamaica body, it's getting hard. Man. Yes, sir. Getting hard, man. That bosom's getting, getting ripped up. So Ken talked about the vacation he was going on. He's yeah. going to Jamaica, yeah. and it just so happened that Theo was going to Jamaica in shortly. a couple of weeks. I'm going in like a month. He's going in a couple of weeks. And Ken thought it was okay to say, "I think we're Jamaican brothers." I didn't <laughs> say that. Theo said that. <laughs> Don't make things up. It's on tape, damn it. Theo said that. What I said is that that'll be the last time ever someone asks me, "Are we Jamaican brothers?" That was a one once in a lifetime instance yesterday. And how did you feel with that question? He was pumped. Great. He was pumped. Felt great, honestly. It was like a warm hug, a warm Jamaican hug. It was outstanding. <laughs> uh, you know who's not feeling super outstanding right now is our old friend Ryan Tannehill. Uh, it's weird. I don't think Jeanette since Ryan Tannehill left the Dolphins, and was sent to the Titans, I don't think that I've actually led any sort of radio show I've done, even when he was making a postseason run with Ryan Tannehill. This is like the old days. This is like when I was covering the Dolphins, when I was covering Ryan Tannehill. I'm actually going to spend significant time today talking about Ryan Tannehill. Is it like visiting an old friend? Is it like things picked up where they used to be? You know, it's funny. It kind of is. Ryan Tannehill is a pretty good dude in my experience. His wife a little off when they found all of the uh, the guns uh, in her the trunk of her <laughs> rental car. That was weird. Mm-hmm. That was really, really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm not going to judge her. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to just give that a shot and judge her. I did. I don't think that that's necessary. But um, that was weird. But he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He was professional. He has certainly reinvented his career, and I feel good for him and what he's done in Tennessee. Uh, so I think it's pretty clear, though, the Tennessee Titans sending his top target away because they don't want to pay him, A.J. Brown, as Evan was pointing out in his 1155. 
Malik Willis, still on the board, getting taken in the third round by the Titans. The outstanding quarterback out of Liberty. Stone is very high on him. You're high on him before he even got to Liberty, right? When he was at Auburn. Yeah, no doubt. And and before the season last year, like as far as if you're looking up his highlights or you're trying to look him up, like it's hard to find him. Like there were YouTube clips with like 2,000 views and stuff. So it's just funny to see the transformation from that guy. But I loved him. As soon as he got to Liberty and under Hugh Freeze, he was great. Super athlete, big arm. We know it. Um, Everything the game is today. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. He fits well into what the scheme you think the ti- and he's going to get helped obviously with the best running back on the planet. No doubt about uh, that's, it. That's a good thing. But I, I mean, Jeanette, putting two into two together, like using the common sense part of your brain, which I don't know where that is. What is that like front left? I mm. don't know. It changes sides. Oh, okay. Uh, depending on how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm 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 glad that you have the neurological part of the showdown. Thank God that Jeanette is here. Um, <laughs> Me of all people. Right. Our brain insider, Jeanette Javier. Um, but if Malik Willis is getting taken in the third round and there were some draft boards that had him projected as a first-round pick and Ryan Tannehill is coming off of a postseason where he ended the Titans' year with one of the most brutal sequences you'll ever see, including an interception, so much so that Ryan Tannehill's talking about how he had to go to therapy in the offseason <laughs> – Two and two together, common sense dictates they probably drafted what they believe to be Ryan Tannehill's replacement, right? Absolutely. That's yeah. what that's what the facts show. Yeah. That's I, what I just it says on paper. I, I think that you're you're assuming that at least in two years' time you're having the discussion about seeing Malik Willis on the field, and in three years' time he better be your starter. See, I'm not even sure if it's gonna take that long because it, I wouldn't be surprised if there were packages this season inside the ten yard line, the fifteen yard line where him and Derrick Henry are sharing the back you're not the backfield. Wrong. You're not wrong. And Ryan Tannehill yesterday was asked about, and I think every and I, I know it because I've been there and covered these and asked these questions in press conferences. The veteran quarterback, when a rookie gets drafted, he is always going to get the mentorship question. It's mm-hmm. just one of the the certainties in sports life, in football life. You're going to get tackled, okay? You are going to uh, get get intercepted. You are going to play in front of thousands of fans, and you're going to get asked about being a mentor to a young quarterback. Here is how Ryan Tannehill answered the tried-and-true old-age mentorship question. In a quarterback room in the same room, you know, we're, we're competing against each other. We're, uh, you know, watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but, you know, if he learns, learns from me along the way, then, then that's a great thing. I don't think it's my job to mentor him. That is the quote. Now, if you learn something from me, great. Ryan Tannehill said that, but it's not my job to mentor him. And you know what? Ryan Tannehill is right. There's nothing in his contract that says that Ryan Tannehill needs to mentor anybody. His contract has a bunch of stipulations set forth and targets he probably needs to hit, and another contract would come if he could lead them to a Super Bowl. But I guarantee you there's nothing in the contract that says he has to be a mentor. Am I am I out of line with anything here, Jeanette? Does that no. sound right? Absolutely. It is not his, who put the responsibility on him. Right. And, and, and this is a guy who still wants to keep his starting job. Mm-hmm. Um, but here is where the problem lies with me. Because Ryan Tannehill who, to me, is already on shaky ground because last season at times he was rough, and then in the playoffs he was rough, and now the rookie quarterback has been drafted. You have to make yourself as valuable as possible, not only in football, but in any walk of life, and certainly in the business world. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ryan Tannehill needs to understand what makes him valuable, what makes him worthy of maintaining that job if things go south and Malik Willis ends up taking the starting job. And what would make him most valuable is being a reliable mentor who could step in and get the job done if something went wrong. Much like how Ryan Tannehill actually got the Titans' starting job when he was the backup to Marcus Mariota. So I get what Ryan Tannehill is saying. I'm not a mentor. It's not in my contract. I don't need to mentor him. But is it in Ryan Tannehill's best interest now at this stage of his career, now that he's not the fresh-faced rookie out of Texas A&M any longer? Is it in his best interests to act like a mentor and maybe embrace it? 
especially if things don't work out in Tennessee and another team is looking for a veteran quarterback, yes, mm-hmm. it's in his best interest to be a mentor. It's a very selfish answer of him to say that, where look at your own career, learn from what you did, like you mentioned with Marcus Mariota. Kind of take those reins and like pass it on to Malik, too. Yeah, It's not fair. I will, I will give Ryan Tannehill the benefit of the doubt because when he came to the Dolphins, there really wasn't a mentor quarterback. And when he went down with his ACL injury, who did they bring in? Jay Cutler, who shouldn't be mentoring anybody. <laughs> Smoking Jay. <laughs> yeah, they, they, he should not be mentoring anybody. And so I don't think Ryan Tannehill actually had a veteran quarterback mentor at any time with the Dolphins. I don't think Matt Moore counts a career backup because that's the other quarterback that was there long-term with Ryan Tannehill. Matt Moore, not all that much older than Ryan Tannehill. That doesn't count. That that does not, not at count. All. And so I don't know if Ryan Tannehill knows what it actually takes to be a quarterback mentor, if he's ever been in that position to acknowledge that, yeah, I'd love to mentor this kid. Now, some took it offensively. Kurt Warner on NFL Network sort of teed off on Ryan Tannehill a bit yesterday. Um, but so no, Ryan Tannehill, though, doesn't have to be a mentor. But at this stage of his life, of his career... I think being a mentor probably serves him best. And I don't think it's being very realistic, the situation he's in, by just sort of denying that and pushing it out of the way. He's not going to lose the quarterback battle because he's willing to mentor Malik Willis. No. Plus, it's just a rite of passage, too. Like, this is what happens when you well, become, are on the track to being a veteran. Yeah. And, and I've, got, I've, got, I, I've got news for Ryan Tannehill. This is happening regardless of whether or not he's going to mentor Malik Willis. Like 100%. Malik Willis is going to be the starting quarterback at some point instead of Ryan Tannehill. But you look at it in, in, in every walk of life, okay? And mentors are important. And Evan's right with what he said at 1155. It's much easier to be a mentor when your job security is bolted into the ground. Mm-hmm. Right When it's stable, when you know that it's going to be very difficult to be displaced and go somewhere. But I have been raised in this company, Good Karma Brands, to try and make myself as valuable as I possibly can, as versatile as I possibly can. And part of that is internship program, making them into something, trying to help them to be productive for the company, for you to be put in the best position to succeed on the air, Jeanette. For Stone to learn how to produce and learn how to be on the air. And if I can't do those things, if I'm not making people better around me, it's the entire LeBron James argument. You know what I become? I become uh, disposable. And if Ryan Tannehill is going to say, I don't need to be a mentor, but if you learn something from me, great. I don't think that's the right approach to take because that makes him disposable. Absolutely. It's not a good look on him at all. You're already, they're already thinking about taking your position as a quarterback. Then mm-hmm. you're going to throw this on top of it. Yeah. It's not a good argument for you. I just wonder in the football world, I get that Ryan Tannehill still wants to be the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. And maybe a little bit of it is I need to show the fans that I'm engaged and I have that desire and this is my job and I'm going to fight to keep it. That could be part of it. He's trying to play a, a, a public game of. Uh, get behind your man. It mm-hmm. could be. It very well could be. But I also think that that sends up red flags. And I have no reason to believe that Ryan Tannehill is not going to be anything but professional around Malik Willis. Yeah, but also with that doubt of him, not would you want to be? Would you want Ryan Tannehill to be your mentor with that attitude as well? Like that's not fair for Malik as either. The oh, why do I want this guy to mentor me if he doesn't even want to? assume that yeah. position at all. That's not fair for him. Former high school quarterback, Division One quarterback, Stone Labanowicz, you're Malik Willis. You're going into that spot. You hear the incumbent. You hear the man that's helped quarterback a team to the AFC championship game say, I don't think I need to mentor. I'm like, how do you? How are you consuming that if you're Malik Willis? Because I'm sure you've been in a spot where you've been the backup uh, in high school and in, and in college, no matter how successful your career was. If I'm Malik Willis, in my head, it's you done effed up. Like, okay. He's I was wondering already that. an underdog from Liberty. Ryan Tannehill is in no way bolted to the ground in Tennessee. You done effed up. Like I'm motivated. You embarrassed me. You brought this to the public eye. You brought 
50 to 100 more media members to our practice just to watch me throw the ball in seven-on-seven. Seven. Like, people are going to be talking about us battling, or if I'm practicing well, I'm more in the spotlight now. So thank you for this. And yeah, it, it is a little disrespectful to even say it. Don't even say it in the first place. That's my entire problem with it. Like, if you're Ryan Tannehill, there are repercussions to saying something along those lines. Like, it just puts you in a bad spot. I hate that he said it. I don't know why you said it. And I think back to Favre when he did it with Rodgers. But Favre was oh, that there guy. there was no relationship there. Yeah, but Favre was that guy. Yeah. He, he was that dog, that, that old head, that, that gritty guy. Like, it didn't matter. He didn't need anybody else in the quarterback room. He was going to get it done. So Tannehill's not that guy. This is only a quote that, that those guys can make. I'm really upset about it. It, it. it pisses me off. And as like a former underdog and a guy from a smaller school like Malik Willis, you done effed up. That's an interesting approach to take on that. Do you think, Jeanette, that that creates tension? Because I didn't even think about that. Do you think that creates tension between the two now? Accidentally. But, but you think it's there? Yeah, absolutely. It's Be- unsaid. It's like the pink elephant in the room. Absolutely. Like, like, why would you not mentor me? There's I, there's things I don't know how to do. I don't know how to watch film in the time slots that I can watch film. I don't know when you guys go to lunch. I don't know when we break and when we're allowed to go home. Like There are little things you need to do that go unsaid. There's a code to it. What if Why Ryan, would you even say it? What if Ryan Tannehill doesn't truly know the definition of mentor since he never truly had one? Kevin, Kevin Hogan is on their roster. He's 23 years old. And there's another 24-year-old guy on the roster. Like those are Kevin Hogan's two years in the league out of Stanford. Like, he didn't know what he was doing. He don't know where he's at in the facilities early on. He is a mentor. He has been doing it. Naturally. That's what you do. I, I, I'm I just trying to come up with excuses here, Jeanette, for Ryan Tannehill. You really are. You're defending him to a certain extent. <laughs> Which I want to because you, it's not in your contract, right? You're obviously not a mentor. But there's a code to it. When you're, when you're taking reps with the ones, and I keep going back to seven on seven because that's something where it, you really break stuff down and film the most, mm-hmm. like the most detailed. So I throw a post route against a certain coverage. Okay, then... It's Kevin Hogan, or now it's Malik Willis throws that post against a certain coverage. It's there. If it's such a basic coverage, like a coach won't break it down for you. Like you should know what that is, and he'll go to the next play. And Tannehill needs to lean over and be like, hey, that's just simple. Like once you see him take a step down, we make that throw on rhythm. Like there are little things that happen naturally. Tannehill's going to do that. I don't know why he didn't mention any of the easy stuff that he's going to do. Like, of course I'm going to mentor him, man. It's early when you don't know where you're at in the facilities and what's going on in the league. You're a fresh face. A lot of pressure on you. I don't know why he put it on himself like this. Ryan Tannehill says that I'm, I don't need to be a mentor. Let's hear it one more time. Let's hear Ryan Tannehill one more time when asked about, and every veteran quarterback gets this, when their team drafts a rookie quarterback, uh, the, the, the tried-and-true mentorship question. Here's how Ryan Tannehill opted to answer it yesterday. In a quarterback room in the same room. You know, we're, we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know, watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but you know, if he learns learns from me along the way, then then that's a great thing. I don't think I need to mentor him. It's it's a fascinating way to 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 approach it, and I think all it brings is some unnecessary drama to Ryan Tannehill. And all I look at, and Jeanette, uh, jobs you've worked, jobs I've worked, I've always appreciated those who have tried to give me a hand, that have tried to. Help me. I've largely had that experience here at ESPN West Palm. I'm extremely uh, lucky. I've known you since all the way back when you were interning in FAU athletics. When Mm -hmm. you were a college student, you had many there that were trying to help you and trying to 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 help you get a foothold in the athletics industry. I'm I'm more about mentorship. I appreciate mentorship. I understand competing for a position, but I also think you've got to be realistic. If I was Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Tannehill, I think a radio equivalent is like the the guy in his mid sixties who uh, had some previous radio glory, and now maybe he's in the back end of his career and doesn't know what TikTok is, and uh, uh, maybe it's time to uh, to to head on to a podcast forum. Like have some realistic uh, common sense and say, hey, maybe, just maybe, being a mentor is going to help me stick around a little bit. Being a mentor is what is going to get Ryan Tannehill his next contract because I don't think it's going to be his play. Now, that's a lovely point. Like, being a mentor. Lovely, Jeanette. A lovely point. How eloquent. Uh Because I I felt it. Because I've been there. Like, using being a mentor yourself to make yourself look better, to, to... make yourself more like a, a, in that stature is a, is easy to do. Like if Tannehill takes this guy under his wing, right, and Tannehill has a good season and Malik comes in and, and what has a six or seven rushing touchdowns because he's a goal line package, 
that's great. The tandem's great. Like Tannehill helped, and he can he can claim some of that success. But because you're you're saying you're not mentoring him, and Malik plays well, then you can't claim any of that. I'm not saying that Tannehill's a bad guy. What I am saying is that I don't think he is making a good professional decision by skirting any sort of mentorship responsibilities. I implore you, by the way, don't wish me. May the fourth be with you today. I don't know. I, I wanted to make I sure I wanted to that drop that no, later. Please, please don't. Do Absolutely. That. Please May don't the fourth do that. be with you all. No, don't don't do that. And Absol- my Catholic old Catholic self also with you. Don't don't do that. Star Wars nerds, <laughs> stay away from me today. Why? I don't want to hear a May the fourth be with you. Hey Ken, you shouldn't have said that. What? May the fourth be with you. I'm so angry. And also with you, Stone. Mm, I appreciate you. Bunch of nerds around here. Should a veteran athlete? Be expected to mentor a young athlete. Should a veteran athlete be responsible for mentoring a young athlete? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Should it be expected that veterans help mentor young athletes? 888-760-3776. Let's start things off on the phones with Ernesto in Boynton. Ernesto's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Ernesto? What's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. And yes. Let's uh, let's start off with what just Stone said. Stone is more 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 recent than I am because I'm an old dog. When I was going up in the college ranks and stuff like that, but it still holds the same. If you've been there, the people coming behind you, you're helping them out. That's part of the team. It's part of being a team player. And when you become a professional in any aspect, in football, in jobs, you said it before, ESPN, you're coming into an environment. The person who's been there the most and it takes you under their wing shows you the ropes, you know, tells you what not to do, what to do. Don't make this mistake. It's, it's for your benefit, the benefit for the company. So, on to what Tannehill's doing. I just, you just said that he's not a bad person. No. I not, I'm not so bad. I think he's a bad person. Because if you see a young person coming into an environment that, one, you can give out a helping hand and you come out publicly. Because it's like, I'm being honest with you, I'm not going to be uh, ignorant. I, I know there are veterans out there that don't want the young person to come up and take their spot. No. But, dude, you're Ryan Tannenhill. You haven't won anything, dude. You make it sound like you're some, you said it before, you're solidified, like you are bolted into that front starting position and you have nothing to worry about. Well, you know what? You just made the wrong mistake. You put a battery on this kid. And what you're going to do, and I heard this kid's arm is live. Oh, like, yeah. I heard this kid can actually oh, yeah. throw. Oh, yeah. So, you know what? You did this kid a favor. He, if you wanted something to, you know, motiv- to motivate yourself, you just did it. You made this kid a little bit better. Thank you, Ryan Tannehill, because you just made them a little bit better. Not yourself, because you look bad. You're not a team player. Bye, guys. Have a good day. All right, Ernesto. Appreciate you. As, as Jeanette said, maybe accidentally he has placed a little bit of uh, uh, a chip on Malik Willis's shoulder. Like, uh, hey, you know what? All right, I wanted to come in. I wanted to learn. But now I'm going to come into Nashville, and I'm ready to kick your ass. And I know that's not a tangible thing, but I think mindset-wise, that certainly is maybe an inadvertent uh, byproduct of this thing. It's a motivator. Yeah. It's a huge motivator, and I think Stone. That's what she said earlier. Yeah. That you, oh, you don't, you you don't, you think I need you? You're wrong. Yeah. Let's go off. And to your point, that wasn't in his head originally, but now no. it is. I, I now now does it change? Ryan Tannehill says he called Malik Willis as soon as he got drafted. Does that change anything that we're thinking about Tannehill here? No, because if mm-hmm. you don't, then that gets put in a headline, and that's the talk around the locker room. So you have to. That's something that you have to check off the list. It, uh, I was gonna say, it just sounds like, oh, I did this. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, it, Ryan Tannehill to me needs to be smarter, because you see what happened in Green Bay with does Aaron Rodgers hate Jordan Love? And that became uh, a storyline for for an entire two years. You'd think you'd learn a lesson from that, right? And that's why you would think Aaron Rodgers would have learned a lesson from that because he clearly didn't like the way Brett Favre uh, just turned his back on him when they were in Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers was a young, impressionable quarterback trying to learn from one of the greatest of all time. So Ryan Tannehill... Sat there, soaked all of it in. He's a very unassuming guy as it is. And then he goes out and says, 
I don't think that that I need to mentor this guy. It's just like like PR 101 disaster. Why? Like why? <laughs> why would you do that? You've been in PR, Jeanette. You've been around people who are in charge of PR. There's not one PR professional that would tell Ryan Tannehill, ah, yeah, say that. That's a great one. Mm, bingo. No. No, no, but it, he made the headline. So in terms of PR, no, I guess he made he did something right. Yeah, he made the A block of a, of, of a radio show exactly. like never before. So it's good PR technically. Not sure he was looking for content, but okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so so again, real quick, do don't you dare greet me with a "May the Fourth be with you" today, okay? Don't you dare greet me with that. And I ask you the question: Should veterans? be obligated to mentor younger athletes. Should veteran players have the responsibility of mentoring younger athletes? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. And again, the number, 888-760-3776. You will get outstanding mentorship. That is a guarantee with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program because you are going to make connections. You are going to create relationships. You are going through the program to get your job in the sports industry. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, 22 years of doing it, 22 years creating jobs, making dreams happen. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, professors in the sports industry, teaching you firsthand knowledge. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I'm Ken Levicka. I have a radio bosom. I try to bring the youngsters in this building into that bosom that is getting Jamaica ready. Let's go. Should, in the same vein, veteran athletes be bringing the younger athletes into their mentorship bosom? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. She's back from Denver. She has a movie review. And yes, don't worry, she dipped the hot dog in the beer. We'll hear about it later in the show. She is Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Should we be expecting veteran athletes to mentor the young ones? Ryan Tannehill yesterday basically said, no, I mean, he literally said, no, no. I don't think I need to mentor him. No. All right. Now, what's great about this, what's great about this is that it also applies to real world. If you've ever had a job, if you've ever been part of a team, and I am making up this number, but I've got to expect Cyrus Wittig hanging out with us, our teammate. He's the numbers guy, so he can uh, he can give me a, a, a head nod uh, when I throw out this number. Like At least 80% of the people listening have been uh, in a job or on a team where there's competition, and maybe there's older and younger uh, numbers guy. Cyrus Wittig, is that good? Like, do you think 80% is a good number to be throwing out there? 80% sounds right. Yeah, 80%. There it is. Cyrus said it so. So 80% of the people listening have been in a situation where there is a mentorship uh, opportunity, whether you are giving the mentorship or you are receiving the mentorship. And so we can all relate to this topic. I just know that I have always been appreciative of those who want to mentor. Am I the best mentor? No. Do I Have I tried? Yes. Do I like when people give the effort? Absolutely. And I think, Jeanette, that that is what makes people most valuable. I would think, not all the time, but in most situations, if you see someone actively trying to teach and guide, that is going to catch the eye of people in power. Absolutely. And in in the spirit of May the 4th, I want to highlight a big mentor in the Star Wars saga, <laughs> Luke Skywalker, who was a huge mentor to Rey as she was going between the dark force yes. and the light. She was going between both sides. And well, Luke came in well, and said, let's see your power. You can use the force to beat everything and defeat Kylo Ren and, the, and everybody. What so, would she have done without him? Oh, my God. So it's important to say... 
thank you to Luke Skywalker for being such a big mentor on May the 4th. It's awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. Does anybody have any bathtub meth? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I shouldn't have even said anything. I should not have even said anything. You're horrible! This is going to be absolutely miserable. Lee is in Vero. Lee is on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Lee? How we doing? Good. All right, so the question was, should older players be obligated to mentor younger players, yes. correct? Yes. The answer is no. Okay. And let me explain to you why. What the man said was, I don't think it's my job mm -hmm. to mentor him. That is exactly correct. I'll give you three reasons why. Number one, you were talking about this applies to real world, and you're exactly right. If a young person goes in and is starting a new place, and there's an experienced person there. If the person that's experienced does not want to mentor that person, and that's the words that come out of their mouth, that's not entirely true. And let me explain to you why. Whether that person realizes it or not, the young person is going to watch everything they do mm -hmm. and how they do it. That's part of the mentorship. He doesn't even understand that he's mentoring them, but realistically, that's what's happening. Number two, I do not see Ryan Tannehill or anyone who uses that phrase in this circumstance to where if the young man is sitting next to him in the film room and he leans over and asks him a question, I see Ryan Tannehill answering the question the best of his knowledge. Sure. In other words, hey, why did you, okay? So that's yeah. another way that he's actually mentoring him, even though he says it's not his job. And let's go right there to that quote. Is it his job to do that? No. That's why they pay coaches. Now, if the team came to him and said, if you do X, we will do Y. In other words, if you take time away from yourself, which means to me, if I take time to mentor someone, I am using that time to help someone and not help myself. Now, I can't do that. Sure, sure, and it Without makes sense. Like, it makes sense, and and I don't think that. And, and appreciate the call. I don't think that Ryan Tannehill, as soon as Malik Willis walks into the facility for the first time, is going to see him in the hall and then immediately turn his back and walk <laughs> the other direction, or he's going to do the John Cena can't see me. Like I don't think he's going to do that. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's going to have uh, the spinners on his helmet. No, he's not going to do that. Okay. Ryan Tannehill is absolutely going to be a resource for Malik Willis, but I don't think that 33-year-old, obviously later in his career, obviously quarterback with a shelf life Ryan Tannehill, is doing himself any favors when the Titans release him and he wants to stick on as a quarterback in the league and even be a viable backup option in, what, two or three years' time. And an NFL coach asks him, so... Do you really believe that, that you don't think that it's your job to be a mentor when that stage of his career, he absolutely is going to be leaned on to be a mentor, and that's the only reason he's going to be employed on these teams. I think that's a poor tactical decision on his part. For sure, and he has the opportunity to be a mentor in different spaces, at least with my, with what happened with me in my career as an intern, as you mentioned, first-generation American, mm -hmm. I'm still learning about American culture and how to work in business and how to act in, I'll use the metaphor, a locker room, which is the office. If you don't want to teach him the football, of how to play the game, what to look and film, at least teach him how to act in a locker room. What's the organization like? What's this team like? How do you talk to different people? Because even as a, men like a mentorship in the smallest regards helped me in my career grow as a human in that space. You say that, and that's interesting because I don't think Tannehill will be able to do that for Malik. I think Malik more so, let's say in one or two seasons, will be better in the locker room and have almost tighter relationships with guys than Ryan Tannehill will. And I say that, and, that, and that's kind of bold, but I don't think Malik needs help in that realm. And when Tannehill says no, I feel like it's because of that. Like, I don't need to teach this kid how to act in a locker room and do that kind of stuff because... He knows how to do that, or, or he's cool enough, and, and he can handle it. Because I think Malik Willis can handle that side of it. Yes. Maybe that's where he came from. That's all I'm pointing out. Yeah, yeah, but yes or no, because I have never been in a locker room in the capacity <laughs> that you have been. But I know being an absolute stranger in an office building sure. in a completely different culture, in a di completely different area, I wish somebody would have told me, Jeanette, you act like this. Your mannerisms are like this. Calm down when you with this. Act professional in this regard. 
when you, this person walks in the room because of this rank, this is how you act. No doubt. I love Jeanette's story. Now she does movie reviews of <laughs> sports movies using a plantain-based rating system. Truly a story of the American I dream. I make my family so proud. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to mommy. I, I am truly, truly sorry that, uh, that, that oh, she I has thoughts your about you. this. Oh, boy. She I'm has sure. thoughts about you. I'm not surprised. Many people do. Sorry, mommy. Ricky is in West Palm. Ricky's on Ken Levicka Live. Hey, Ricky. Hey, Ken. Um, let's just be honest. It's a very loaded question, okay? Okay. Um, but I do think in, in this instance, I think it's situational, right? Mm-hmm. So sure, sure, sure. Take, take Ben Roethlisberger last year. I know it's my last year. We, you know, not that they drafted anybody with anything, but let's say they did. Yes, it is 100% my job. I have an allegiance to this franchise. They have been with me my entire life. I'm going to make sure that when I leave here, I leave it in a better place than I found it. Mm-hmm. Now, in this instance, this dude is still providing for his family, right? He makes money off of being the starting quarterback. Sure. Why should he go out and actively try and help somebody to take his job? Here, here Ricky, here's, I know here's why. Awful, I, I just think that it's very fair. I, I totally, totally understand what you're saying, but I would, I would counter it with, the way for Ryan Tannehill to continue to get these contracts over the next four, five, six years in order to feed his family is to openly want to mentor because his days as a starting quarterback in the NFL are beginning to be numbered as evidence with the train wreck that was his postseason a year ago. That's all I'm saying is that he's going to have to alter his mindset at some point and accept responsibility for that because that's what's going to keep him in the league and keep him from being a stay-at-home dad. 100% fair. Um, and so what we're basically saying is, is, hey, eventually you are going to have to change your skill set and what you bring to the table. Yeah. But yes. as of today, as of right now, that dude still probably believes I am the starting quarterback here, and I can still bring value to this organization by being the starting quarterback. Why would I actively try and shorten my span of being able to do that? Just two cents. Have a wonderful day, Ken. All right, Ricky, appreciate you. I almost hope Ryan Tannehill just uh, starts putting whoopee cushions on uh, Malik Willis's chair. <laughs> just really just, just really go for it. Just start pranking him. <laughs> just just go all out if you're going to do it. Uh, we'll ask Mike Tannenbaum, our football insider, fresh off of his trip to Vegas where he was the lead analyst for the NFL draft, what he thinks of Ryan Tannehill's comments and a whole lot more. Mike T on the way. Jeanette Javier. She does movie reviews, the personification of the American dream. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. As always, we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Jeanette Javier Wednesday. She'll have the Jeanette Sports Movie Spectacular. What it, did we say it was for Love of the Game? Yes. Yeah, for Love of the Game. That'll come up uh, in hour number two. But uh, let's be joined by a man who is fresh off of his trip to Vegas, where he put in awesome work in the three days as the lead analyst on ESPN Radio's national NFL draft coverage. Happens to be our football insider here on Ken Levick Alive. He is former New York Jets general manager and former Dolphins director of player operations. It is Mike Tannenbaum here on Ken Levick Alive. Mike, how was the trip to Vegas overall? Went great. Uh, good to be back. And uh, spent a couple of days uh, in New York after Vegas. Got home and I was on KJM yesterday. And uh, it was great to see the ESPN West yeah. Palm banner behind uh, J-Will. Yeah, we got into a little beef with him because uh, we don't think he quite believes in the heat. So we had to set him straight yesterday since he was here in our studios. So uh, so it was it was good pump for us and a good opportunity for us to uh, set him straight in his basketball ways. Uh, and you, I heard you uh, Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And so I, I know there's a lot to unpack here, but we were talking about it on Friday. What was our biggest takeaway from round number one? And I love the A.J. Brown. Love the A.J. Brown acquisition by the Eagles. And I know they pay him that $100 million contract, but, man, to go out to get a guy that's going to help your quarterback, that was my biggest takeaway from Thursday. Yeah, A.J. Brown is a great player. He's only 24, big physical receiver, Ken. So 
I can see why you love that. You know, paired with, uh, you know, uh, Devontae Smith, the Eagles have a really good pair of wide receivers. Were you surprised at only one quarterback in the first round? No, a little bit. I thought maybe a team would try to get the fifth-year option at the bottom of the first, but, you know, at the end of the day, the 32 teams saw it similar. It's a, it's a good uh, group of guys, but there wasn't, uh, it's not a great group of guys. Were you surprised that Malik Willis dropped all the way to the third round and was there for the Titans? He thought he would have gotten the second round. I like his upside and think sitting for a year coming from Liberty makes a lot of sense, but I think he has a chance to be a really good player. I want you to listen to Ryan Tannehill from yesterday. Ryan Tannehill was asked, and you've been around it and you've heard it, and I've been the one at times asking the question to veteran quarterbacks, uh, what are you going to be? What is the resource level you're going to be for the rookie quarterback? And here was Ryan Tannehill's response to the mentorship question. In a quarterback room in the same room, you know, we're, we're competing against each other. We're uh, you know, watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but you know, if he learns learns from me along the way, then then that's a great thing. I don't think it's my job to mentor him. What did you think of that response from Ryan Tannehill in relation to Malik Willis? I was a little surprised by that. You know, Ryan's a great teammate. He's selfless. Um, I, I think you know Malik Willis will benefit from being around him a lot. Um, so I was a little surprised how he said that because. My experience with Ryan was, you know, he was always a great teammate, but, you know, I think quarterbacks oftentimes will tell you, like, it's a full-time job just to get ready. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I just feel like, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I want to, I, I want to, as someone who, who made a lot of personnel decisions, I feel like uh, Ryan Tannehill makes himself more valuable for what the next stage in his career is going to be, and that's probably a veteran quarterback who is going to be someone that's looked upon to be a backup, someone who's looked upon to be a guiding presence in that locker room. It's best serving to him to embrace being a mentor because he's probably only a couple of years away from that being the way he stays under contract in the NFL. Yeah, that's fair, but he's Ryan has a great track record of you know him being a good teammate, doing the right thing, so um, I think that'll all sort itself out over time, more so than just one question in a, in a press conference. Mike Tannenbaum with us, our football insider here on Ken Levick Alive. Again, uh, Jets GM, former Dolphins personnel decision maker, uh, your boy Bart Scott, and, and you uh, were going at Bart Scott on the, the radio coverage. I loved it. It was phenomenal. Uh, he jumped on first take yesterday, and he made a proclamation. I'm going to have you listen to it. He made the proclamation, Mike, that the the Jets have passed the Patriots. Listen to this. What was this big move? Cole Strange? I had to listen. I was covering the draft. I had to look through my, through my pamphlet to even figure out who the hell he was. He could have got him in the third round. And we've been, we've been saying that he, listen, the entire division has passed the Patriots, right? What has he done since Tom Brady has left that was substantial? He had a decent year. But now if you, I, 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 listen, I implore you, Keyshawn, to tell me where the lie is when you go through this roster and tell me that the Jets roster isn't twice as good and possibly even at the quarterback position. We'll be able to evaluate that more. Offensive line, okay. defensive line, cornerback, linebacker, safety. Tell me where the Patriots That is some song stuff. So not only have the Jets passed the Patriots, but that roster is better at almost every position than the Patriots. So what do you say of your former player, Mike Tannenbaum, Bart Scott, yesterday on first take? Yeah, Bart, I disagree on on quite a few things. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I take Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. So it kind of begins there for me. And yeah. Last time we checked, Bill Belichick's still the best head coach on the planet, so that probably counts for something as well. Were you as down on the Patriots draft, though, as many national pundits were? Because that was a bit, well, strange. Sorry. Yeah, I was just, you know, the thing for me, Ken, is I was surprised they didn't take Trent McDuffie in the first round. You know, like, thought they needed a corner, so I thought that trade back with Kansas City was the one that uh, kind of caught me off guard. Uh, and and so I guess ultimately too I do want to ask you the experience the circus that was Vegas during the draft what was that like? It was great. I mean, it was you know the NFL putting on an incredible show with with Vegas. I mean, seeing somebody get married during the draft. I mean, the whole thing was a spectacle. But um, I'm sure everybody was pleased with the result. And uh, you know, now it's on to Kansas City for next year. But it was it was pretty spectacular. You did a, a, a great job, and I do want to make sure that uh, you have the platform here. If you could tell us a little bit about Greco Chevy. 
Yeah, world-class uh, experience, you know. Ron and his guys just do a great job. Convenient located on Federal Highway in Delray Beach. Great selection of cars, great prices, incredible service, good people. Love my Chevy Tahoe. It was a great car buying experience. Mike, awesome. Really appreciate you. We'll do it next week, okay? Thanks, Ken. All right, that's Mike Tannenbaum, our football insider, former boss man of the Jets and the Dolphins here on Ken Levicka Live. I was trying to decide, Jeanette, if... I wanted to be part of that massive humanity in Vegas. I wasn't going to go, but, you know, I don't like being around people, right? And so big event things aren't my thing anymore. Mm -hmm. I no longer get psyched for that. But it's cool because it's the draft, Mm -hmm. and it's in Vegas, Mm -hmm. and it's in the Bellagio pool. Like, that's cool stuff. So it's cool to be a part of it, but I I was trying to weigh the pros and cons, and I decided... Viewing it on TV was probably what I preferred more than actually being there. It would have been a blast if you went to Vegas. We would have teed up, Jeanette. Oh, my gosh. Can you? There's so many different elements. And Vegas is so versatile. Like, you, it's perfect for an old, grumpy man like you. <laughs> and it's perfect for a thriving young girl like me. Thriving. A thriving young girl yeah. like Jeanette. It's for both. Ken, <laughs> what, what, what would Vivi do if me and Jeanette pulled up in a car to the uh-huh. house and we're like, Hey, Ken, let's go. We're going to the Delray Strip. Or we're going to uh, Fort Lauderdale, and we, 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 we hung out. We took you out on a day on it, the town. It, if, well, it depends what a lot time of people. it is. It depends what time it is. What time is this pickup happening? We're picking you up 10 a.m. Brunch. 10 a.m.? Mm. We start All right. at brunch. Mm. So 10 a.m. Now, now here's the we're thing. We're cracking stuff in the car. Vivi would probably be like, well, uh, I mean, first, let me come with. and Because I, <laughs> I, I'm at the point now where I do very little without my wife like hanging out with me. I'm at that age now where it's just like, <laughs> come on, let's go, uh, let's go to a lunch or let's head to an early dinner. You know, they got prime rib at uh, at uh, at the at the ale house. Get the disc early man <laughs> yeah. dinner discount. Yeah. Oh, early man. bird special. Yeah. I, see, I wish I qualified for social security because I feel it now. Mentally, I am in social security mode. But she'd be fine with it. But what would happen is you if you rolled up. And you said, hey, man, it's 9 p.m., let's go. She would laugh in your face because she'd be like, there's no way that he leaves the house and isn't grumpy within a half hour that he is not in bed. You would turn the corner in a pair of boxers. Like, oh, yeah, be a piece. Let's check it for brunch next week. Yeah, uh, there's no way. There's no way. So Vegas, like, again, I like to experience Vegas during the day and then a nice, expensive dinner and then close my eyes. The club's... Uh-uh. Pool parties, but like you don't need all of that too because it's an open container law. So what I do, I grab a, pa- a six pack of White Claw and just walk around all you the hotels roam, with it. Roman clawed up with a pack of White Claws in my hand. That's just that's a little bummy. Jeanette toting that, that claw, just right. toting claws I have a picture of it. I'll show you guys a picture of it during the break. But it's uh, absolutely perfect. Vegas is. For, if you don't want to deal with the people, uh-huh. just grab a six pack of something and walk around well, the strip, and you'll be fine. We looked at it last week. Uh, the strip has what did we say? Stone like ten Fat Tuesdays. Yeah, it was. Ten, it? I think it was ten or twelve. Yeah, but for me, Fat Tuesday that's too much sugar. Those those are for. I remember my first alcohol too. Uh, that's what that is. I, Fat Tuesdays <laughs> is for the rookies. Of I drinking. remember my first public drink. One alcohol. Oh, please like, get out of here. Do not take me to Fat Tuesdays well, th- when I'm there. I told Stone this story last week, too, so I apologize to anybody listening where I'm just repeating stories. Um, but, but again, we're the college radio show, so it's fine. Um, but when I went to Key West, uh, this was when I was, I don't know, 30, 31 or so. Uh, and, and Jeanette showing me a picture of her in front of the Cosmopolitan in a full-length blue dress, toting a claw. All right, that's for real. That's a for real no, picture. No, then if you look at my hand, it's a six-pack of white claw. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's sort of living. I'm into that. I'm good with it that. It is brilliant. But- I've been to Vegas so many times. I've been to every hotel already. I just want to do my own thing, grab my six-pack, and look great and walk around as i get get older i am realizing this may sound pathetic drinking is better when you do it by yourself (laughs) that don't say that kids do not do not follow my lead do not actually follow that advice that's not good mentorship but yes i have found that drinking by my lonesome is a better option now but back to my fat tuesday story went to the key west uh the, the key west fat tuesday and I was like 31 years old, and I walk in, and it's, hey, girl, hey, girl, hey, girl, hey, girl, and it's just college girls all over the place, and high-pitched voices, and yelling, and 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 this, this, too much bass, and I was like, too much bass. I can't do this anymore. This is not my sin anymore. Like, it was making me 
it, it making me physically angry. Like I was seeing red and I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to get somewhere with people more my age. And I realized at 31, I was no longer age appropriate to hang out with college age people. You weren't drunk enough. That's what you needed to do. You needed to get on their level. Well, I mean, what but if we I go says, to... Something changed with my brain chemically, and I can't do it anymore. Yeah, but they've set places up nowadays. Like, there's places on the Ave, like, what about a, no, da- a dart bar? We play a you know, I'm not saying I don't in, go out. Or the Blue Anchor. Yeah. The blue, that would be a no, great place absolutely. to start. I'm, again, listen, I'm not saying I don't go free, out. Free pub for the Blue Anchor. You I, I, I legit, yeah. I'm not saying I don't go out. I like those places. I, 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 I have regularly frequented the Blue Anchor. Like, good stuff. I'm down with that. I'm just saying now there's a certain cutoff time <laughs> and a certain group of people that need to come into play. I can't just willy-nilly show up somewhere at 11 o'clock at, at night. That's not happening. Yeah, that's anymore. tough. So that's tough to even pull off in the first place. Yeah. What we're going to do, Stone, when we just kind of steal Ken away from wherever he's at at that moment, mm-hmm. we're going to take away anything that shows the time because I think it's All mental right. for him. I, and, and I think it's you've got to put like white... sun blinders on me so I can't like guess the time based on the position of the sun in the, you, in you the sky. You know the thing That's that they genius. put on, you know what they put on horses like those <laughs> blinders. blinders? Yeah. No, no, we just tell Vivi to change the oven, change the clock. <laughs> we'll change the car clock, and when he gets in, he's like, "It's seven. I feel like, good. I'm up." And he's like, wait, it's, exactly. It's 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 nine a.m. Why is it dark out still? Are we having a, an eclipse? I think it's all mental with you, Ken. I think you are so on your high horse and I so know. proud to be yelling at the clouds that no. you just need some. Young strapping people like Stone and I to come over and whisk you away to your youth again. It's not that though. It's that I have, unlike Ryan Tannehill, I have accepted that I'm late in my life career. Okay, and I I know my limitations. I know my expectations, and I know how I function best. For Ryan Tannehill, it's eventually going to be as a mentor. For me, it's being home and uh, after day drinking in bed by nine o'clock. That's that's how I best function. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love how you and Stone are legitimately offended. Legitimately offended. But, hey, I know Ken knows Ken, okay? Ken knows Ken. And I also know that if you sit in traffic going to Miami or to Fort Lauderdale, especially going to what's going to be another heat playoff win tonight, what up? Then you are an idiot. I, I, I hate to be rude about this, okay? But if you think that it's a good idea on a Wednesday in South Florida to get in your car and try and drive to Miami to see the heat tonight, you are a fool, an unadulterated fool when you have Brightline at your disposal. The big yellow train, Brightline, GoBrightline.com. That free Brightline app, it's where you get your passes. I like to sit premium because in my older age, I like the refined things. I like finer things in life. I like to get to the station, have a drink, have a snack, get on the train, and get the equivalent of first-class plane service on the train, on the rail. I love the buzzer beater train. It's how I go see the heat. I get down there a block and a half away, FTX Arena from Miami Central Station, walk over to the arena, watch the heat, take that you-know-what, and then final horn, hey, up two games to none, and walk back to the station and get back to West Palm. Bam, done deal. Brightline is the way to go. Go Brightline.com, the free Brightline app, and get your passes. It's the only sane way to travel through South Florida. Hour number two, lunch hour on the way. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.